This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones. I am Jarvis Davis. That is Tanisha Batiste, who you see sitting right beside me. We want to thank you for joining us on a good old Friday. Kind of, sort of. Um, we got a lot on board today, T, because we are going to jump into, obviously, the Atlanta Falcons pick Drake London. We're going to talk about that. Um, Ronald Acuna makes his return last night. And also... The Georgia Bulldogs out here breaking records. Uh, but before we get into all of that, uh, I just want to start out by saying thank you for, uh, you know, checking us out on YouTube. You know, all you got to do is uh, go in the little search box and search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Go to that little subscribe box. It's probably about this big. All you got to do is click on that bad boy and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications. And also... We're not only on, you can see us and see our faces in it. If you, you can also check us out when you're in your car, not looking at YouTube, but on all audio platforms, wherever you download your podcast, you can find us there as well. We yeah. really appreciate you. T, the Atlanta Falcons select Drake London, wide receiver, our hell no picks. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been set out like it was so it was almost funny last night when i saw it saw his name come out of roger goodell's mouth and i was just like do you got to be freaking kidding me i believe as you guys would say here i'm gonna use my current voice my local voice okay the whole atlanta was with, with two Atlanta. ends with two ends yeah. right Whole by Atlanta. each other like, what the hell <laughs> what terrifying no come on man now literally that and 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 i, I will not out some of our buddies in the industry but uh -huh. there were people who were not just using emojis as in the one you use on your phone but as in a real life emoji you know, the, the shaking my head one where you're slapping yourself in the face. Okay, there were people who were really doing that, like, not just the emotion, I'm saying. And it, it, it was just a tough pill for most to swallow because really and truly, mm -hmm. yes, this is the second year that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith are in the war room. However, the thought was, okay, this year, they're going to give us somebody in the trenches up front. And, and then, you know, we'll roll into the other areas of need. However, Jarvis, if we look at this thing from a reality perspective, Terry mm -hmm. Fontenot has never waned. Arthur Smith has never waned from saying that they would take the best player available. And if this was their thought, which so many boards started to flip this way right. in the last 72 hours, then that to me indicates that truly, for the most part, they thought this was their best available player at eight. Not saying necessarily that he was the one that they had on the boards all day, every day, but because of what happened in the first seven spots, this then became, in their opinion, the best player available at eight, not having to give up anything to get him. 
You know what? I I, on the whole, I understand the whole best player available piece because I even asked him about that when I was down in the Senior Bowl, and I thought he gave you a pretty interesting answer because I think a lot of times, you know, it's not by circumstance that a best player available turns into a need, right? Because sure. wide receiver can be looked at as a, as a need, right? If Alameda Zacchaeus is essentially your leading receiver, Right. The Falcons drafted for need last night. Mm-hmm. Who who how can you make an argument against what I just said? Right. If if the um kids is your 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 leading receiver come in your um in your wide in that room and you draft a wide receiver at eight, mm-hmm. how can you explain to me that that's not a need? You drafted for right. need. You yeah. draft I feel like you drafted for need, you know, and, and that goes against totally everything that you said, right? Mm-hmm. Because look who was sitting there. There were a run on offensive tackles, right? At five, you had um, you had uh, I'm sorry, you had at five you had uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, yes, um, and then you at six you had um, with Carolina Panthers Iki Ikwanu, mm-hmm. he was there, and then at seven, um, Evan Neal came off the yeah. board. Evan Neal came off the board, right? So I'm sitting up here like, okay, mm-hmm. you still got Charles Cross. A guy yeah. who's projected to go in the top ten yeah. by most everybody, yeah. unless the Falcons scouting department is smarter than everyone else. <laughs> why not go ahead and get uh, somebody that can help you build your build your foundation? Because at the end of the day, T, mm-hmm. I'm not really mad at the pick. Drake London might end up being a a, a really right. good football player, right? Yeah. But my whole thing is, you know how big I am on vision. I need to see it. I need to understand it from a football standpoint. I understand football. I may not have my PhD in football, but I damn sure got my master's. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? When you think about it, like, Mm -hmm. but so I need to be able to understand this doggone thing, like, because it, 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 you, you drafted a pass catcher last year in Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. Then you go back into that same pool and draft another pass catcher. Mm -hmm. But who's going to block for the guy that needs to get the ball to that pass catcher so you can't justify your pick, right? right? You know what I'm saying? Or you had two players in the league last year that had more sacks than your entire team. I'll name them. T.J. Watt and Robert. Yes, T.J. Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And then you had Robert Quinn. Who who had more sex as an individual than the person than your entire team? So yeah. help me to understand. Make it make yeah. sense to yeah. me that you draft back to back years mm-hmm. pass catchers, and you 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 really don't have a court. You don't have your quarterback of the future, right. which I understand. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to get that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my whole thing is like, if. If, if you're going offensive-oriented, if mm-hmm. Arthur Smith is an offensive-minded coach, yes. he wants to build up this offense, and they want to outscore everybody, tell me that. Just tell me that, please, yeah. so yeah. I can stop uh, getting my hopes up on every every time the end of April rolls around every year, and right. I'm sitting up here banging the table for a pass rusher. Right. What are we doing? Yeah. I want to see the vision. Write the vision and make it plain, T. Come yeah, on. I think- I think everybody in Falcons Nation is asking that that question of just why. But I will say one thing the Falcons do well, and maybe this is a part of just the base of philosophy regarding, uh, regardless, excuse me, of whether you have a GM in Terry Fontenot or coach in Arthur Smith, doesn't matter. It seems like their philosophy is we go out and we get good pass catchers. And I'm not mad at that. You could make an argument, Kyle Pitts, Julio Jones. 
you can make an argument with that. And the other piece there that I thought was maybe it did come down to a bit of finances just in terms of looking at what the market is bearing for for veteran receivers, right? And mm-hmm. so maybe they yep. thought, okay, we'll go get our guy since, quote unquote, he's one of the ones who was at the top of our board who we could afford and not have to go out and get somebody in free agency when we do get our quarterback of the future. Because if you're looking at him at the number eight pick, he gets paid 23.6 mil with a $14.4 million signing bonus. Maybe when you look at a $100 million man like A.J. Brown, you're thinking, okay, we can still get our – uh, you know, wide receiver that we like, uh, Vincent Jackson type is what people are saying they're calling him. Yeah, and, calm, and, you yeah. Know, that's our guy. Now, I agree with you, however, because it still bodes the question of, okay, we've got that guy, but mm-hmm. who's the guy just in terms of who can be the guy under center, who can go, who can protect the guy under center, and then who can go after the opponent's guy under center. So that's what I'm going to be looking for tonight and in the rounds to follow so that you and I can decompress this whole thing on Monday and kind of look at it as a, a macrocosm. Because if I look at it one dimensionally and just this one pick, oh, absolutely, Jarvis, the base has every reason to just be frustrated, you know, just beyond just beyond all, all uh, comprehension. But if you think about it from the perspective of you didn't lose any picks, you didn't lose any players, so you have seven picks left to go out there and maybe get those guys in the trenches that you need. Let's see what Terry and uncle art do today. And right. So, and, 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 and like I said, to, to put a bow on this bad boy, I think that, you know, there are, you know, you got two second round picks and you have two third round picks. Right. So that, that that's, that's a lot of ammunition to, mm-hmm. to, to, to write the ship, so yes, to speak. Yes, they don't feel yes. like they the ship is going down like exactly. and burning in hell like everybody mm-hmm. else thinks, thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just right. from 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 my for my sanity, I'm going. I'm I'm a way back and 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 see. But I can't help how I feel though. T. I understand. Okay. I understand having some 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 giving this thing some brevity and, yes. and looking at big picture and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's hard not to dig all deep down in that bad boy and look at him like another world another ball to check come on man (laughs) right and you know i i agree with you because i was the one along with uh one of the uh, our head of imaging over at my other gig we were dancing around we were dancing to jig because we were like hey steelers didn't have to give up pick or player to get their guy so you know i get it but we probably would, would have had a similar meltdown if we had not gone in the direction of either getting ourselves somebody under center or getting someone to protect the guy under center or getting somebody who's going to affect the guy under center for the opponent. That was all we we had to see that. And so I do get it because we would have been Steeler nation would have lost its rabbit mind if we hadn't gone in in the direction that we'd gone in as well. So I get it. Falcons nation, you guys deserve to be scratching your heads right now and you deserve to be in your feelings, but let's just see. How it plays out this evening. But look, Jarvis and I, we do kind of like Petty. So we'll be watching to see what you say on social media. We will. No doubt about it. There is a lot of talent left over. Um, one, of our, one of our guys, a friend of the show, uh, Malik Willis, um, he's still out there. So, you know, Boye Mafe, another guy who's down there at Senior Bowl who can touch the quarterback. So it's Your a guy, lot George of. George Pickens, in case. George Pickens, yes, just in and my case. Guy, Drake Jackson. Drake so Jackson still yeah. there. You know, Edge Rusher from out of USC, he's still there. The other Drake, you know, 
can't, you know, I wouldn't mind having two Drakes. As long as one can touch the quarterback, I'm down all for that. Uh, another talent um, that made his debut uh, with his team last night, Ronald Acuna. Acuna? Acuna? Acuna what? Acuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> Nephew Ronnie made his debut last night. We will talk about all of that. And another guy, another young, a young gunner who is starting to get find his way. We'll talk about that all next on ATL Day Ones on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back, everybody, to ATL Day Ones. Tanitra here with you along with Jarvis. We appreciate you guys always coming back and staying with us, hanging out with us. And, hey, if you can't hang out with us live, which you can't really hang out with us live, at least not yet, then you should check us out on every platform where you check out your podcast. And, of course, check us out on YouTube as well. For free, you can subscribe, you can follow, you can like, and you can search for us with the tag Locked On Sports Atlanta. And you know what? When you search for us, you're going to hear us talk all things Atlanta sports, including the Braves. The world champion Braves are starting to slowly but surely get back into world champion form. We saw that in this series against the Cubs, wrapping up their homestand Jarvis with a win, not just a win in Thursday's game, the 5-1 win, but also their first series win of the season. And so many positive things came out of that win. We talk about the fact that they played a clean game. So I'll start on defense because that is still their hallmark, if you will. We talk about the fact that they got it done on offense as well. with Kyle Wright doing his thing on the mound, him going seven innings for the first time in his entire career and in seven innings only giving up one run and getting four strikeouts pretty impressive for him to now be three and oh eight he he only had four walks eight strikeouts yeah exactly Mm -hmm. there there you go yes Mm -hmm. and the four walks is critical because that's been something that the braves pitchers struggled a little bit early on yep yeah Mm -hmm. struggling with this entire season but the real real gem of Thursday night was Ronald Acuna Jr. As we mentioned to you guys yesterday, he was called up from his rehab assignment and there was no doubt in our minds that he was going to be back in that leadoff position and giving the Braves all they could get. So got a hit, two stolen bases, leading the team now with stolen bases. And And one night, let me go ahead and become the leader like I should be. So what do you think about the guy you lovingly call nephew Ronnie making his return and his debut for this season? It was fitting, um, if I could use the uh, use a word. I think fitting is the is the perfect word to describe it, right? Because when you think about you know uh, Ronald talking about the the phone call that he got, and and when <laughs> yeah. he was talking to Brian Snicker and talking about how it was, he thought he was talking about was he ready for you know to play in the Gwinnett game, and and Snit was like, "No, nah, man, are you ready to you ready to come up? Let's go." He was like, "Of course, man, let's do it." You know, so it was just. So cool to see him, man, and just see how the the his teammates are so receptive to him, and how they they become motivated, and how they understand who he is and what he is for this team going forward, and how much they need him. And yeah. and I'll and, and you know if if I can give a quick apology, right? Because I I it, I don't know if I made it seem like it was a negative that everybody was kind of waiting on him to come back, but right. when when it actually happens, I kind of look back and I was like, wow, how can that be negative? Like, this is nothing but a positive. This is something that, you know, of course they're looking forward to it because he just has that type of effect on his, on that locker room. And then yeah. for him to be just so 
just outgoing and just a personality. Yes. I, I think it's just wonderful. I, I just giggled when they showed a picture of him walking into the locker room and he had the, the bright yellow uh, right. uh, Trey Young jersey on and everything, representing and everything. And then, you know, uh, Trey saw it and, and, mm. and quote tweeted and saying, hey, man, appreciate you. Do your thing um, big time. And I just love that, that, that camaraderie, yeah. man. Because, you know, being from Atlanta, it's just mm -hmm. seeing that that's just how we are as a city, right? You sure. know, like yeah. all the rappers and hip um, stars and people who mm -hmm. live in Atlanta, they cool with each other. They know each other. And it's all good and it's all love when you see each other. So to be able to see some of, uh, you know, Trey and, and, and Ronald interact like that, it kind of just goes along with the culture. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So and but, you know, to as far as the game goes, I, I think mm -hmm. that, you know, Kyle Wright is 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 he I, I, i'm gonna call him a young gunner like that's yeah. because he's starting to really really figure things out mm -hmm. and he like i said he got off to a sluggish start a little bit he got a couple guys on base but he was able to figure it out and i love the fact that snit is sticking with him because he he knows mm -hmm. that you know he knows how to counteract things he knows how to come back and make the necessary adjustments in game mm -hmm. to to be successful so you talking about a two to one um, strikeout to walk ratio? Mm -hmm. You can't ask for anything better than that on the season. He's three and zero with a, a one point one three ERA. Like yeah. you don't, it's nothing. Crazy. More than what you ask for. Say right? it again, Jarvis. One point one three ERA. A crazy number. Like man, it's it just, is so I mean, crazy. What do you just? Yeah, it, it's just that's just gangbusters. So yeah, I, I like what he did and. It was good to see the bullpen hole serve as well with just that one run that Kyle Wright gave up. Drew Smiley comes in and, you know, they just finished the job. So good to see uh, anytime we can get anyone from the night shift to come in and, and pull like that. But also we talk a lot and we've spoken a lot about our concerns about what the bats haven't been able to do. But to get those five runs on just 11 hits and more importantly, yeah, great to see what Austin Riley did last night. Great to see mm -hmm. what Travis Darno did last night. But we've been seeing that from them almost from day one of the season. The They've been pretty consistent, yes. was for Dansby Swanson and Adam Duvall to get their first <sighs> yes. home runs of the season. That, that was what encouraged me to say, hey, A, they're going to go into a three-game set this weekend in Arlington against the Ra uh, Rangers and just continue to get their motivation and get themselves ready to rock as they head up to Queens to take on the Mets for a three-game series. With that team being surprisingly good so far this season, you want to kind of rev up and get some momentum heading into that divisional matchup. You know what, and, and to – and I, I like the fact that you brought up the Adam Duvall and Dansby Swanson piece because at the end of the day, those guys have been the strikeout kings. Like, those guys can have not been able to figure it out. I was joking, you know, when, they, when the Hawks were having the playoff game and, you know, I was flipping back and forth when the Braves were on. Yeah. And um, the Hawks game had just gone to break, so I flipped over to the Braves game. Guess who was up to play? Who had to play? Dansby Swanson. And then I said to myself, I said out loud, my wife heard me. You know, you know how Tanae is. I was like, yep, watch. He, I said it was a full count. 3-2? Yeah, he's probably about to strike out swinging. And next thing you know, 3-2, strikes out. <laughs> you know, he heard Kerry go to the doggone and do his little tease to go to break. And I was just like, golly, man, why I had to be right? But, but to see those guys, you know, and you know, uh, you know, get up to bat and, and, and see one go out. I, I think that's a that's a I think that's a that's a good start for them. And 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 I don't think it's a coincidence that 
it's because of the, uh, Ronald being back in the lineup because like it's 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 different because you know Freddie was that guy you know in the locker room last year you know like everybody loves everybody everybody know how much man love that Dansby Swanson has for Freddie but you know to have a guy that can have some 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 more man love for and, and nephew Ronnie. Yes. I wholeheartedly believe that that may have had something to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to carry into this series uh, against the Rangers and the Mets, you know. So um, yes. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, T, um, because, like I said, it, it, it's been a long time coming. They're sitting up on 500, and I want to see these guys get going earlier than mm -hmm. waiting to, uh, to the summer to, yeah. to get it going. Yeah, I, I, It was a nice ending, but mm -hmm. I'm starting to get a little antsy, and I want to see these guys go ahead and get, get on the roll. Yeah, we, we do. And we also saw when you get somebody like Ronald Acuna Jr. back in the lineup and you put him in his natural position at leadoff, that gives you then the opportunity to put everybody else in the proper place in the batting order. So if you yes. belong in the middle of the the uh, if you belong in the middle of the lineup, then you go. If you belong at the bottom of the order, then you're back in your space, too. So I believe we're also going to see the benefits of that across that entire lineup. And like you said, we're looking to see, OK, who's going to take charge in terms of that leadership in Freddie's departure? And sometimes it's lead by example. Uh, Miles Robinson actually talked about that earlier this week because of course now he's team captain with Brad Guzan being out for the entire season and he said you know Brad was of course more vocal because he had to be I mean as right. the goalie you really have to kind of direct traffic for lack of a better term but Robinson is more of just a lead by example type of guy and I feel like you know Ronald Acuna Jr. may be that as well may not be sort of like Freddie orchestrating per se, maybe that's another person in that locker room, but certainly what we saw on the field or uh, on the field yesterday in Truist Park last night in Truist Park bodes well for him. And what, one thing that we, we hope to see this weekend as well is Ian Anderson return to form. He, of course, will be on the mound tonight against Garrett Richards in game one of that series against the Rangers. So hopefully we will see the Ian Anderson that we come to love, respect, and just admire his game from 2021. But when we come back, we're going to talk as well about some admiration that we have for what some guys did in Athens on a Saturday and what we're going to see them do on Sunday this fall. We'll talk about it on the other side. And for the culture, it's ATL Day Ones. Jarvis and I will see you in a minute. Final segment of ATL Day Ones. I am Jarvis Davis. That is Tanitra Batiste. We hope if you have been, we hope you won't have to continue to say our name because you've been rocking with us, right? You like <laughs> and subscribe to our page, right? We know you've done that. And yeah. if you, you know, continue to rock with us and you really like family to us, you go ahead and download on all audio platforms, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us, Locked On Sports Atlanta. And if you're searching around on YouTube, just type in Locked On Sports Atlanta. It's free. And wherever you get it, you can go and watch us and check us out. We've got a big old lineup for you, A to Z with Mark Zeno, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. And, of course, us, you know, bringing up the rear and, and closing it down and, and doing our thing is ATL Day Ones. And we do our thing here on for the culture where we kind of intersect entertainment sports life all that stuff everything everything that we have to deal with on a daily basis and we bring it to you right here the, the topic of the day though yes we have to talk about it mm -hmm. because you know there's a little small town about hour 15 away 
from the metro Atlanta area. I know that covers a lot nowadays. I have a problem with it, but you know, we ain't going to get into that. That'll be a longer discussion. <laughs> Athens, Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs, they represented last night, T, five yes. players, yes. not on the entire team, mm -hmm. but on their defense. We're yes. in the first round. And for those of you who don't know who may have missed it last night, I'm going to run them off for you. You got mm -hmm. Lewis Seen yes. for the Vikings mm -hmm. at the end of the first round. You got Trayvon Walker, who started it off. So you had Trayvon Walker start off the draft for Georgia Bulldog, and then mm -hmm. you had Lewis Seen in the first round with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So the Jaguars, Trayvon Walker, the Jaguars, Jordan Davis for the Eagles. They actually mm -hmm. traded up to go get him. Yeah, so they yeah. really want, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then my boy Towers High Product, Glenwood represented Devontae Wyatt. Um, he got, um, it was picked by the Packers and mm -hmm. Quay Walker. Yes. So the Packers double dipped. Oh yeah. They so they had they they liked what they saw in Eric Stokes when they Eric drafted Stokes, him, right, exactly. and exactly. they were like, you know what, yeah. we're going right back down to the country to go get us some more players to bring up yeah. into the to the to the upper country, <laughs> Green Bay. So man, like, T, I don't know about you, but that is just some billboard worthy type stuff for five players on defense to get drafted in the first round. Yeah, billboard and history. I mean, five players in the first round, never been done, at least not in the common draft era, just the craziness of it. That's amazing. And it may not even stop there as far as the Packers go, because like you said, when lightning strikes and it strikes well, it's it's a copycat situation. And so someone who was on your mock draft board who is available, and Lord knows they have a need at the wide receiver position, I'm not sure they're finished with Georgia. Yes. Packers yes. Go. But, yeah, what an amazing first round. And shout out because, you know, we always talk winners and losers and giving grades and that kind of thing, especially after the first round, right? But mm -hmm. the real winner is Kirby Smart. The real winner is the Georgia Bulldogs program because you're, when you do things like that, not that he wasn't all, already winning. Yeah, he already winning recruiting, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Already has an amazing class. But when you do things like this, Jarvis, it's for the class two or three years down the road. The person who is a five-star recruit, the player who's a five-star recruit, who maybe is still sitting there and trying to decide where he is going to go, this kind of thing shores it up. And one other thing. I read a very interesting article that talked about this. Nothing, you know, Kirby loves and respects all of his players that are going to go in this draft. He's rooting for them all. There was, you know, footage last night of him running from each person's green room or making a call in the case of Trayvon Walker, who stayed close to home for mm -hmm. um, his draft party. But he said right. one of the things that he really liked about Trayvon Walker is the fact that he asked him, hey, man, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can you go, you know, special teams for me? Trayvon Walker never had a problem. And he said it's exciting for him because this is a player who stayed in school for quite a while and moved himself into contention by A, his versatility, and B, his willingness to just get down dirty and make it happen for himself. So I say Kirby Smart in that program really, really won. But I also thought this was such a cool thing because I agree with a lot of people where you don't do full-on grades, right? It's not after the first round, at least, and maybe not even until the end right. of the season because, hey, they haven't even played a down in the league. But if you're giving out grades, I think about us being in college, right? And you right. have five players, essentially, and no player got lower than a B minus, and there were actually some A pluses, A's, and B pluses in there. So to think about them, if they walked into a, a classroom, 
they would be like a, a magna cum laude class. Like literally, right. that's yes. how daggone good they are. They will be graduating with honors. So I just kind of likened it to that. And man, Jarvis, you and I, we are individuals who've covered Georgia at points in our career of cover in our careers of covering Atlanta-based sports. And just it's just amazing. It, it's just tremendous to see what happened last night. But low key, the scary part is we're not even done. Some people even say that their best player, Nicobe Dean, is still actually available. Yes. And that and that's I was just to the words right out of my mouth because I think Nicobe Dean is the guy who was the leader of that defense, right? Yes. He yes. was the guy that, that was the commander. Yes. He I I never Bring forget it was a play. Uh, it was a play, I believe it was in the national championship yes. uh, when um, it was a receiver coming across the middle and Channing Tindall kind of kind of left him, kind of left him alone and then and then get on him. And then I think threw, the quarterback threw the ball to him and he, and he kind of fumbled around and I think he ended up dropping it. Right. And like immediately after the play, Nicole Dean came over there and he was like, hey, man, you got you, you know, just, you can see he was just pointing like this is what you got to do. This is yes. like like coaching them up like right there in yes. that the game of that magnitude right there. He was just like still being a teacher, being mm -hmm. a leader and saying, hey, man, this is exactly what you need to do. Yes. So this won't happen again because mm -hmm. we can't have this happen again. <laughs> you know, so and, and I, I just love and appreciate those type of things because I, I believe that. You know, obviously, Nicole Dean, you know, failed because of, you know, the size. He's only 5'11 and a quarter. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he has a good weight on him. You know, uh, he carries it well. He's at 229, almost 230. Yes. Uh, kind of reminds me of a Jonathan Vilma type guy. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I believe that there is something that there is something there. Uh, yeah. if whoever decides to draft him, I think they're going to get a lot of good value. And like we said, I've, I've, I mocked uh, George Pickens to to the Falcons in, in the second round. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to pick him, right. but I, I know there's a team that is going to take a chance on him because there's no doubt in my mind that he's a first round talent. Steelers, Steelers, you know, we didn't, we didn't get any players. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I okay. know it's the ACL okay. one, but you know, always has to rep her black and yellow. So I was just, I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah. we need Kobe, we need George. We need, we got needs too, like these Falcons have. So we Man. might get it. But listen, as we wrap up, we know that this is a show about ATL day one. So in addition to us giving a little tip of our hat to all those guys, who are going to do amazing things out of Athens. We also want to congratulate Kyle Hamilton. Yes. It's going to be doing some exciting things on a Sunday as well. And also we have our eye on, as Jarvis mentioned, friend to the show, Malik Willis. That's our guy. We still got our eye on him and we cannot wait to celebrate with him and his dad, Mark Twain, with what we know is going to happen. Somebody's going to get a steal today in getting Malik Willis. So when we come back on Monday, we hope we're talking about these guys. We hope we're talking about Malik Willis and George Pickens and Nicobe Dean. We want to talk to you guys about what the Falcons are going to do in those later rounds as well and really, really break this thing down and decompress. And hopefully, Falconization, you'll be a little bit happier with what they do in Flowery Branch today and tomorrow. So listen, be safe. And in Atlanta streets, I think it's going to be an absolutely beautiful weekend. And you know what? Like Jarvis said, since you're going to be out in them streets, you might as well go to any podcast platform that you can take advantage of, not just for us, but for everybody in the Sports Atlanta Locked On Network. Thanks for dropping by. We'll see you on Monday. Peace.